Hey, my friend Rick Titan here with, I'm here with Trent McClelland with Power, Profit, and Stress-Free. And Trent is, uh, he's going to be going on his 26th season of This Hour Has 22 Minutes. How exciting is that for you? It's amazing, you know, to be a part of such an iconic show is incredible. I still pinch myself actually when I'm like, man, I'm I'm on the show, and yeah, uh, I joined, huge. yeah, I joined two seasons ago, and you know, when you're in the bay about to get introduced the first time in front of the live audience, that's when it kind of hit me like, oh man, this is actually happening, you know. Yeah. So I think it's probably the most nervous I've ever been, just because you realize the gravity of that moment, and not everyone gets to be on a show of that magnitude. And I feel like you're almost like an astronaut. Like how many folks get to be an astronaut? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how many how many people get to be on this hour? 22 minutes so I, I feel grateful every day to be honest yeah that's great yeah and you live in Calgary right now you've been here for 16 years yep yeah, we make fun of Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> I do Calgary's got a lot of comedy kind of woven in you know yeah. to it like just I've never seen a city have more festivals just revolving around getting drunk in the street yeah. you know yeah. it's like oh you guys like uh, salsa we're having the Sun and Salsa Festival this weekend where you just get drunk in the street you know like you like flowers? We're at the Lilac Festival. Come on down, get drunk in the street. We got Lilac. Whatever it is, it's just that they love to party. But that's where I started doing stand-up. So in Newfoundland, when I lived there, there was no comedy clubs at all to yeah. do stand-up. So when I moved to Calgary, I was like, I want to go to an amateur night and just walk on stage for the first time and give it a shot. And I did, and, and luckily it went well and uh, continued to go and get on the road and do those things. And and uh, I'm, I'm grateful to this city for giving me my start, you know, in comedy. So I'm, I'm again gratitude, nothing but gratitude. That's fantastic. Now, what what were some of the ups and downs leading to that, or or what are some of the parts that you tried to get and didn't get, or got but didn't last? Because I've gone through a bunch of those myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I tell so many people, you know, it, talent's not enough. I mean, you got to have a level of perseverance that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. You know. Um, there's so many talented people out there in every different walk of life, but it's like, how many shots can you take? How many times can you get kicked in the guts and get up again? Uh, and it's it's about just continuing to move your feet all the time. I had the hundreds of auditions that I went to and I didn't get the role. I thought it went well and I'm waiting for the phone to ring and it's like nothing, you know? Or shows that you went to and the crowd wasn't great and you felt off and you drove nine hours in a snowstorm to get there. and. You know, it's all those things, but at the end of the day, you have to do it because you love it, and you do it that way. You'll continue to put the work in because you already you know you love what you do, and you know you're meant to do this. And if you do those things, you'll continue to persevere. But uh, I always tell people now seem so they get frustrated so quickly because they tried one thing and it didn't work right away. Or I I sent an email to a booker and it didn't respond. It's like yeah, get used to that. Like that's the, that's the grind of it. So I, I think you have to have a level of perseverance that I think you didn't know. I I and I did housewarmings. Hiding in bathrooms, coming out like ta-da! Everybody ready to laugh? Like just in your sock feet in the middle of a living room doing stand-up. A bunch of people didn't know you were showing up. They have no idea who you are. Like, why is it? Why did that black guy just come out of the bathroom? And what's he doing here? Like, just, did he break in? I don't understand what happened. So you you, know, you do all these things, but it's all the story and the experience, and it gets you ready for that bigger thing that's coming down the road. So. Um, now you're grateful for all of it. At the time, it's pretty painful, but you yeah. realize it was all preparing you for something that was coming much further down the road. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a grind, but you have to embrace it. Yeah, I've been in locker rooms which uh, had a mop and a sink in it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the old comedy thing. Like, yeah, we got a green room for you to open up. It's just stacks of chairs. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is where you stack all the spare chairs. Yeah. yeah. You got to shut the door behind. Are we allowed out? I don't know. Is this 
am I supposed to clean these? I don't know what's happening. So it, that's just the grind of it. So you you get rid of entitlement pretty quick once you're in it. You realize like, yeah, yeah you better you better love this for the right reasons. Yeah, it's so and, funny with the overnight success idea, right? Yeah. I mean, you look right now like a fantastic overnight success, but what were some of the um, movies or TV shows that you've done leading up to this? I did like a ton of commercials, you know, where you just, you're going on set and it's like, here's something for Smartboard or here's something for Shaw or here's something for Proline or whatever. And you're just gaining experience over the day. You you know, I, I did a, a comedy special for um, CTV and the Comedy Network. It's called Comedy Now, which is like a series of stand-up specials they did. And uh, at the end of the, the special, there's a, a wrap-up party at the end. And I, I'm three years into stand-up, you know, and I get offered this, this half-hour comedy special. So I'm like, these are the first jokes I've ever written. You know, and it's like, yep, there you go. You're going to go get a national special. And I'm like, this is where Russell Peters got his break and all these comedians I looked up to. So I do the show. It went really well. I'm at the wrap-up party at the end of the night, and one of the executives from CTV comes up and goes, get ready for your life to change. And I'm like, this guy knows he's in the business. So I go back to my 600-square-foot apartment, sitting around, waiting for my life to change. Like, nope, you're going to a bar in Cranbrook this weekend. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't happen overnight. It's like so many pots on the stove and you realize that's your job is to do something, do it the best you can, and you just move on to the next thing. You don't sit around waiting for that thing to break. Whereas I think now people want to put a video out and go, I hope this goes viral. And yeah. if it doesn't, they're gutted. They don't yeah. realize like it's, you put out multiple pieces of content. You do hundreds and thousands of shows and just keep putting stuff out in the world. Yeah. When uh, I studied with a Buddhist monk for about four years, mm -hmm. so we talk about detachment and things like that. How do you handle those those emotional ups and downs in situations when you're let down or when you're really elated and really high on things? Yeah, uh, how that, do you how do you manage that? That's a great question. I used to have a real huge roller coaster when I first started. Yeah. Like all of my joy and hopes were hung on having a good set, yeah. and if it didn't go well, I was gutted and I'd be in the dumps for two days. Yeah. And that started to balance out after a while. And what I started doing over the last couple of years, I started meditating, yeah. um, just kind of focusing on breathing and kind of clearing my mind of any thoughts. Because I found as a creative person, your mind is just firing all the time. And so I needed that time to shut it down yeah. and not attach myself and my self-worth and all that stuff mm -hmm. to a performance or a hot crowd or whatever it was. It's like, no, you just, just be in the moment and sit in it and enjoy it. And if it's bad, take the good out of it. And if it's great, be grateful for that. But I, I found that's really helped me over the last two or three years is just having that that stillness and ability to just be grateful for small things like having a roof over your head, having a bed, having a hot cup of coffee, having a meal. And if you appreciate those small things, I think you're happy because the problem with people who are in entertainment, I think, and celebrities in general is if you don't get that wiring sorted out, you think that the next opportunity is going to change your life and make you happier, yeah. when in reality it doesn't because you don't appreciate the small things you have now. Yeah. So if you can appreciate those small things, then you'll appreciate the next thing that comes and so on. It's not a there moment. It's it's more of an everyday thing like sun is shining. I have my health. I have a great dog. I have great friends and family. You know, like It took me some time to kind of rewire my mind to appreciate those small things. So I think I'm far more grateful now and feel more content now than I ever have. That's great. Yeah. yeah fantastic. Because it, it's such a materialistic industry, entertainment, you know. And, yeah. And you mentioned earlier, too, you don't like the word celebrity. Yeah. Which is funny because then it puts a title on you. Yeah. And when I used to wrestle, I thought, I am a pro wrestler. Right. And that was my identity. Yeah. So detaching from that entity saying, I am a soul or I'm a person. Right. Makes life so much nicer. Yeah, because you're so much more than that. You know, you, you, you know, I, I, people, especially when they're around a comedian, they find out 
oh, you're a stand-up comedian. They expect you to be on all the time. Yeah. And when I first started, I felt the pressure to be funny now because you know I'm a comedian. Whereas after a while, I was like, I just want to be me, which means if I say something funny, like a normal conversation, great. And if I don't, that's fine too. But getting rid of that expectation of having to be that thing, whatever that is, yeah. uh, took me a while to be comfortable with. So uh, I'm at that point now. But I think you're right. Hanging your hat on. I'm a comedian also means you put all your joy and happiness in that basket and you're hanging by a thread all the time based on how the show went or if you got a festival or if you got this audition, you know, and you're, you're just, that's just a part of your life, you know. I, I'm as happy walking my dog in the park as I am on stage. It's a different thing, a different energy, but I enjoy both, I, you know, hanging out with friends, traveling, going on vacation, all those things bring you joy, you know, and contentment. So I'm just grateful that I get to do what I love for a living, but it's not, it doesn't define who I am, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a choice. Cool. That's cool. We were talking to John Martini earlier, and um, he was talking about values. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you value in life the most? And um, it was a really good reminder of what's important. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got, you can have all the materialistic things in the world. You can have the most expensive car, the biggest house, billions of dollars. But I've seen people that were in those situations just miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I think. One of the greatest pieces of advice I saw once, I think it was a John Mayer interview with somebody, or he was talking to a group of people, and he said, uh, define your expectations, you know? There are musicians out there who sell a million albums, but they're disappointed because it wasn't five million, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, what, what's gonna be that magic number that makes you feel alive and content? And for me, you know, it's like, I get to do what I love every day, you make people happy generally, that's what your job is, you know? And I, I, that's how I measure things on a daily basis now. It's not these bigger, grandiose things that people think you know you should be happy about because those come and go in entertainment. You can be let go. You can not get a gig. You can get a festival, not get a festival. And then you get back in that roller coaster of, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm no good. And who needs that, you know, that boxing match every single day, right? So I think... You know, there's that old adage, too, of happiness is an inside job, I, and I, I believe that. I think the rest of it can come and go, and at the end of the day, you'd be like, I'm happy with who I am as a person, and, and you go from there, you know. So I, I believe that, but it took me a bunch of years to kind of get my head around that, you know, to, to realize I don't want to hang in the balance all the time based on how gigs go and stuff. So that would be my advice to younger comics, too, or actors, or anybody, really, is yeah. just enjoy the moment that you're in, you know. Yeah, yeah, Appreciate it. Present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what is it going to be like for you for this hour as 22 minutes? What, what kind of things are you going to cover in there? It's interesting because the show runs, you go on year contracts, right? So you do your season and then you wait and sit around and go, okay, well, now I wonder if I'm coming back for the next season. Yeah. And it's back to what we talked about earlier. If, if, if I was in my old state of mind, I'd be like, oh, my God, what, what's happening? Whereas now I'm like, you know, if it comes, it comes. I expect it to, but you don't know in television. You could, things could change and the budget's different or, you know, we have a new producer and we're going a different direction. And yeah. you always prepare for that. Um, I think the great thing about the show is like the cast has always changed and stuff, but there's got a consistent loyal following who just love the show and they love the fact that we give a perspective on the news that no one else does, you know, and it's, and it's so Canadian on top of that, you know, like we, yeah, yeah, it's like we, this is as Canadian as it gets, you know, yeah. so the great thing about being behind the desk, we usually stay after we tape in front of a live audience, we have people come out of the studio audience and get a photo behind the desk and they'll share their stories with, you know, I've been watching this show for 26 years or we flew from Ottawa or we have people coming from Germany or whatever. And, and you realize like it's a big deal to them that they have come to see the show live and now get to stay behind the desk and see what we see in terms of what the cameras look like and what the view vantage point is for, for us, for the show. And 
again, that makes you feel grateful. You're like, don't take this for granted. There's people yeah. who would trade places with you in a heartbeat or people who watch the show who, who just value the show so much. So it always kind of regrounds you all the time. You know, you kind of go, yeah, yeah, don't forget. Don't, don't take all this for granted because it can go away in a heartbeat. So yeah. that's really helped too, I think. Yeah. And you were talking about during your uh, comedy act, uh, talking about bears and, and, and Calgarianisms <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Could you share a little bit of that with us now without spoiling it? Yeah, no, I, I like I said, Calgary is just a unique place. It's like I've never seen a place so infatuated with free breakfasts. I, I, I mean, it's the richest, pro, richest probably city probably in Canada. It's like, but the, people will line up for days on yeah. Market Mall parking lot because it's going to be pancake batter poured out of an old tin can onto a grill from the 1988 Olympics. Can you cook the sausages till they're like a baseball mitt? And can you cook the pancakes till they're like a goalie pad? And can you put it all on a paper-thin styrofoam plate so that when I cut through the leather sausage, I cut my own leg? Can you do that? Free breakfast. Like, just go to Denny's. Yeah. You have money. Go to Denny's and buy a Moons over Miami. You know what I mean? I don't, but that's Calgary for you. People are like, free breakfast. Let's, uh, where can I get one? Yeah. People just like, for 10 straight days, I don't pay for a breakfast. That's yeah. a big value here, right? yeah. which I find amazing being pay from the East Coast. gas, but then get a free breakfast. Exactly. Line up, get heat stroke, yeah. line up for 10 days. Maybe one of your kids passes out, but you know what? Free eggs. <laughs> Everybody's happy. So yeah. I, it's to me, it's hilarious. Being from the East Coast, I'm like, I don't understand the infatuation, but it makes it very Calgarian, you know? Yeah. So. I think that's part of it. I think it's part of community as well. You know, it's, yeah. I, I agree with you. I can never understand why people would line up for things like that, but I think it's mostly the community. Also, too, as I get older, I just don't have time for lining up. You know, like I used to be the guy, you go to a nightclub, there's a lineup around the block, you're like, we got to be in this nightclub. Now I'm like, is that four people? Let's just go to this place over here. Like, I, <laughs> they're like, no, they're just smoking. Ah, it might be a lineup. I don't know. Let's go over here to this pub that's got barely a door on the wall, but. It's, it's no lineup. I know that. Like I, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do a lineup. Yeah. Groceries, same thing. Massive well, lineup. Maybe I don't need fruit. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'll go without fruit this week. I'll leave. Well, pretty soon, wherever you go, they're gonna know who you are. And you won't have to wait in any kind of lineups anyway. Yeah. Well, that's why I wear that T-shirt that says "Yes, I am Trent McClellan," and I wear that all the time. And you know, hopefully, that's what it takes in Canada to get noticed here. So yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, but it may come to that. Who knows? And you're going to be at the Laugh Shop June 20th through June 22nd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the first stage I ever walked on, by the way. So when I, it was a Yuck Yucks at the time, and now it's since gone on to be called the Laugh Shop, but that was the stage where I waited in the dark, and here you go, here's your first time ever doing stand-up. So it's always... Uh, Some of that might come back up. You wait, yeah, like, oh, God, I don't know how it works. But you just, you know, it's so cool to to move to a city and kind of reinvent yourself, you know, like as a, becoming a comedian here, which was so amazing, but also that you now have, that's your home club and you you now fast forward, you know, 15, 16 years and go, oh my God, I, I made it as a stand-up comedian. I'm doing the thing that I always, you know, wished I could do. I'm, I'm doing it, you know? So uh, it's that club has always been great to me and the city has always been great to me. So uh, yeah, again, nothing but gratitude. Grateful for the opportunity to get on there all the time, you know? And also work on new material. I can pop in and just do a guest spot to work on new jokes. So, you know, how awesome is that as a comedian, you know, to just drive 10 minutes and be like, all right, here's an idea I thought of in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> we go and fire it and see if it works. So uh, they've been really good to me. Yeah. Yeah. How about East Coast? What's going on out there? Uh,
big C. So in my hometown of Cornerbrook, there's a thing called Come Home Year. So a bunch of folks are coming back, and it's going to be a week-long thing of parties, and we're doing a show where I'm going to open up, and it's it's a big arena there. I'm going to do a stand-up set, and then Alan's going to close it out with his amazing band, and uh, it's going to be a big party. It's going to be a lot of fun. So excited to get back there and uh, and do that show. And then I'm going to take some time off in the summer. Got a few more dates and a few corporate shows, and then uh, hopefully going back to Halifax in 22 minutes. So that's the big thing I've found is trying to find downtime to recoup because you can travel so much in this game and you kind of wind yourself down and the show itself is such a grind in terms of shooting you know, four or five days a week and you're learning lines at night and all those things. So it's about taking this time to also do stand-up but also take some downtime and enjoy the Flames run and go to some games, just go to movies, just those basic things, which are also great fodder for material. You know, just living yeah. a normal life is like, oh, that's a great idea for something. So it, it all comes together at some point, but I'm trying to use the summer as some downtime as well to, to just kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. That's great. Yeah. Well, We've got Trent at The Last Shop, June 20th to the 22nd, right here in Calgary. And the new host of this hour has 22 minutes. So thanks very much for your time, Trent. Thanks for having me.